This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. One of the challenges for an effective nonprofit leader right now is getting the right information so you can make solid financial decisions to help your organization thrive. To do this, you need the best accounting and donation software. Researching, learning, and maintaining software can get really costly. So let me save you some time and money. Applos just might be the solution you're looking for. Go to nonprofit.applos.com to see how it works and get your 15-day free trial. As a nonprofit leader, you eventually realize you can't do everything yourself. But hiring is complicated. Volunteers have other demands on their time. And what if you only need part-time help anyway? Well, Belay, an innovative staffing solution, has successfully matched thousands of organizations with part-time virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media strategists. Let Belay help you become a more effective and successful nonprofit leader, making a positive impact in the community by helping you juggle less and accomplish more. Just go to Belay, B-E-L-A-Y solutions.com slash nonprofit leadership. Well, my guess is that many of you have seen on TV the Red Nose Day campaign. It is typically shown on NBC, sponsored by Walgreens, among other sponsors. But I wonder if you've asked the question, like, where does this money go and, and what is the Red Nose Day campaign all about anyway? Well, my guest today is Allison Moore. She is the CEO of Comic Relief US, the organization behind the Red Nose Day campaign, which is really all about ending childhood poverty. Though it started in the UK, the US branch of Comic Relief has raised over $230 million and positively impacted over 25 million children since launching in the US back in 2015. And Allison's going to share her leadership insights with us today that she's gained through both her experience in the for-profit sector as well as the nonprofit sector. Enjoy today's show. Great to have you on the show, Allison. You know, you have a unique perspective because of your extensive experience in branding and marketing for companies like HBO, SoundCloud, and NBC. Now you've moved into the social goods sector, serving as the CEO of Comic Relief US. Talk about how that transition has gone. What have you brought from your for-profit experience into the nonprofit experience so far? And what has been your biggest surprise working in the nonprofit sector? Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here uh, okay. and, and to have this conversation with you. This will probably, for anyone in the nonprofit sector, sound like kind of a stretch, but I, in the commercial environment, for me, for over the 25 years, let's not talk about how long it's been, uh, the years <laughs> of experience that I had in, in those businesses that you just listed, I always found motivation and sort of excitement and really drive around building, I would say, business operations around supporting creative purpose. This is purpose in a in a creative realm. So whether you're at HBO and you're sort of supporting the kind of content creators and the showrunners and the people who are making the magic sort of original content at HBO, if you're supporting um, at Daily Candy, I had a whole editorial team who were writing incredible content for women and just like really unique. And I felt like that was my job was to build the sort of right support for that. Same with SoundCloud with emerging artists. 
you know, frankly, NBC, NBC Universal, same idea of like supporting that, the creative voice and Condé Nast too. So taking that as a lens, when this opportunity came up, it, it was a really interesting amalgamation of everything that I had sort of worked from, from a functional perspective, right? On the media business side, on the sort of scale and reach and diversifying of revenue and thinking about partnerships and how to amplify people to do something and to act. So that felt very familiar. And then when I, obviously the purpose and the mission of Comic Relief and sort of, you know, how we articulate that, yes, through Red Nose Day, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, but the work that we do there, the fact that I have a grant making team who is incredibly thoughtful and 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 directed, frankly, on, on executing against the areas that we want to have impact and making that social impact through the organizations with whom we partner with every day. That just closed the loop for purpose. For me, that just had a higher order, obviously. I mean, than um, supporting just creative vision, actually supporting communities that we think we can make an impact for. It sounds like, you know, the fact that you are having not just a, a great connection with your team and creating great content, but you're actually making a difference in the communities you're serving. That really made a difference in what you're doing now, sounds like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I, I feel like the innovation of Comic Relief, you know, we have this hybrid model where we, we do kind of galvanize the public, if you will, through, you know, a very... It's like the democratization of the access. It's a very simple, almost absurd uh, reason to sort of get involved as a consumer slash donor, right? It's a red nose. You put it on your nose and all of a sudden there's a donation sort of triggered. And we do that in the halls of commercial environments. We don't just partner with a partner. We, we activate within where they work and they communicate with their consumers. At the same time, on the grant making side, we have a really aggressive and ambitious five-year grant making strategy for Red Nose Day and for our comic relief remit of a just world free of poverty. What does that actually articulate and what does that articulate into? What does that mean in terms of the needle moving work that we can do here in the US and abroad? And so I feel like there's there's rich work to sort of innovate against for both of those areas. And the hybrid of the two makes it is what makes us unique. That's oh, that's great. Well, and I want to get a little bit more into some of those things with the Red Nose Day, as you mentioned. Maybe you could dive into as you're talking about priorities and some of your goals that you were having for this year. Um, no doubt, I've had a lot of guests on the show, and we've talked about COVID nineteen because it has impacted all of us. I mean, all of yeah. us have been impacted, right? It's it's one of those rare situations where we have all been impacted at the same time, so we're going through this together. So, in a strange way, it's brought solidarity to among a lot of us, even across you know countries, you know internationally, um, particularly nonprofits. Uh, we can relate to this struggle that we're all in. And certainly COVID-19 has impacted nonprofits directly, mostly because we're so dependent on people's donations. And when people have less income to work with or other things have happened, they've lost their job, et cetera, they have less to give. So I'm curious for you and, and Comic Relief, how has this past year changed your organization's priorities for this upcoming year, 2021, uh, particularly when it comes to strategy and planning? And in fact, maybe you can even talk about the full plate project, which I understand you did this the end of last year. Talk mm-hmm. about that specific project, but just in general, how have you changed your strategy and planning because of COVID-19? Yeah, that's a great question. We too got knocked off our, our socks a little bit when COVID hit, you know, in two ways, really thinking about our own sort of operational plan as an organization and our goals and objectives and strategies, et cetera. But then also being deeply concerned with the organizations that we support and the sort of just massive deluge of need that was coming through their organizations. So it not 
not only in terms of their own fundraising, unique fundraising opportunities above and beyond what Comic Relief supports them with, but on their own day-to-day, in addition to their service layer, getting more and more taxed. And so just raising of costs, you know, lowering of opportunity or line of sight for revenue, it just, that was a tumultuous time. So for us, I was here since September of 19, and we, I started pitched to the board, uh, well-timed, uh, mid-February, which is like a, a our strategy for, for 2020, 2021, and then for a three-year strategy. And that strategy remains. And I think that's a, a good indication of a solid strategy is that even with this sort of tumult of COVID, that, that's our North Star. And it really involves, you know, on the macro side, expanding Red Nose Day to be not just a, a campaign of two months, but to think about how do we of course, have those two months where we really galvanize the public in a very, very big way and raise the lion's share of what we do through all the ways that we do it. But then opening up the aperture to kind of expand through, you know, there are 10 other months in the year and what can we do to sort of, you know, activate and and tie into key issues that are happening and, and make that a time for Red Nose Day and a time for giving for consumers. So to your point about the full plate project, that's what we did in November and December was really thinking about the landscape of what we thought were going to be issues for the children that we support particularly. And, you know, coming out of Red Nose Day, we have a broad message of said probably and educated and now empowered, which I'll talk about in a minute. But then we knew, of course, coming back for school, there would be a, a real learning gap going on with this sort of technology gap as well as just the access gap that we're having with children. And then in the fourth quarter, hunger. And certainly hunger and food scarcity and food you know, insecurity, frankly, became even more of a um, stark reality when you started to see the kind of food banks and the lining up of cars and really the, the recognition that COVID was affecting people economically, clearly health-wise, but also economically in two very polar opposite ways. And so at a time of giving, Thanksgiving, the holidays, coming into you know, to the December timeframe, it just felt the right thing to sort of wrap our arms around that conversation around hunger, food scarcity, and those issues and bubble that to the top and use it as an opportunity to raise, which is what Full Plate Project uh, sought to do. So 365, if you will, that's our moniker for it for Red Nose Day. At the, you know, this is part of our strategy. Uh, we'd like to sort of think about, we do Red Nose Day really well, what are the other kinds of things that we could bring a galvanized moment, you know, through partnership to consumers and then covering some of the issues that we think are systemically related to um, to poverty. And so there may be a, a host of multiple things, mental health we're thinking about, you know, we're thinking about homelessness, of course, we're thinking about, well, there's a variety of things. Uh, social justice has been a, a major input for us this year, not only in the Red Nose Day Fund, but also thinking about the, could we build more support and raise more funds for social justice in a different way, leveraging sort of BIPOC-led organizations and community-led organizations. So that is part of our strategy and we're continuing to articulate on that too. So I think COVID threw us through a loop because we really needed to focus on the fundamentals. You know, we did a very quick agile pivot, if you will, uh, with our partner with Red Nose Day last year with Walgreens. We did a digital nose that kind of came up within two to three weeks. We were all selling physical noses until about the end of March. And then we had to kind of retool very quickly. We put on a night of TV with NBC and the production, everything was everything in a studio was closed. So we had to do everything uh, dispersed at everyone's houses and, and it ended up with a beautiful quilt of an, of an appeal show, frankly, on night of TV that had the highest ratings we had had in five years. And it was done in a very organic, authentic way. So out of the chaos came like some really interesting uh, work. 
And I think that just speaks to the tenacity of the team and the focus and really our, the commitment to our mission, because we were going to get this done and cross a line no matter what. It sounds like you had your plan, you had your goals, you had your three-year plan, but you also adapted really quickly uh, because you had to, you're forced to. And the result was what, a five times more when you normally had with an, a TV audience. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. Well, five, the highest rating in five years. Oh, sorry. Okay. Times. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So not five times. Okay. All right. I was like, I, yeah, I should probably, yeah, <laughs> let's get the right numbers now. straight. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. The way to go to be so nimble. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. We've talked about it with other leaders on here, what makes the nonprofit sector a bit different than the for-profit. And, and I don't know, maybe this is uh, uh, people are coming, talking about this from the nonprofit sector, but I do think nimbleness often is the beauty of the nonprofit sector, I think more particularly in relation to the government sector, sometimes government sector cannot shift or pivot very quickly. It's a large, you know, organization. It's hard to move and change in response to immediate need, but you obviously were able to do that. But my guess is your leadership experience in the for-profit world definitely helps you make that quick pivot. It made it work. And obviously here you are. So yeah, okay, let's talk I about the that, yeah, go ahead. Required. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just think that that is required in the in the for-profit world because for all the brass tax that goes along with that. But so too for for our world, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we miss that mark, that really impacts people's lives. And so I think yep. uh, that sort of spirit for the team, but also because of the way we activate. You know, we we were lucky. We don't our major fundraising is not done through a gala or through some of the other traditional means that happen in nonprofits in some ways we, because again, and it's not even through corporate, just plain donations, like here you go. We actually create a marketing and an engagement experience in these environments. And so we are, our partners are nimble. We have to be nimble too. And the, the, the kind of connection of the two, I mean, very fast paced at NBC, very fast paced and dynamic at Walgreens, very fast paced and dynamic at Mars. And then all of our digital partners, it kind of contributes all together, which is great. We'll be right back. I'm excited that Aplos is our featured sponsor for the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. More than 40,000 nonprofit organizations already trust Aplos to manage finances, people, and giving efforts. It's time to empower your nonprofit with better accounting, stewardship, and financial reporting. Go to nonprofit.aplos.com to see how it works and get your free trial. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, including some from other countries, all trying to make their world better. So when you go to our website, you can also subscribe to my monthly leadership update in order to get more content, ask me questions, and discover additional information. Just look for the subscribe button on the right-hand side of the webpage. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Now, most people know about Comic Relief because of your Red Nose Day campaign. And now you've already mentioned that last year you went digital because of COVID, of course. So how are you approaching this year's Red Nose campaign versus last year? And anything else you think would be helpful for my listeners who are also trying to figure out what they're going to do with their fundraisers and galas now that they have to change them completely for 2021? Yeah. So I think it's it's helpful to just say that, you know, we've raised, Comic Relief US has raised over $260 million in the, in the US, largely through Red Nose Day. And 
you know, we've had some other kinds of activations, as I mentioned, our sort of growth and innovation roadmap is going to be, you know, like what's next in addition to Red Nose Day. So our partnership is generously supported, frankly, through Walgreens, NBC, and Mars. And that's how we come together every year um, in April, May as a time frame. It kicks off at the beginning of April and Walgreens with the selling of physical noses and then culminates at the end of May with a, a kind of TV event with NBC. And in between, there is a whole lot of activity that we stimulate through digital partnerships. We have a ton of partnerships and some very interesting ideas around gaming platforms this year. We do the kinds of opportunity at checkout to round up your bill. We've done um, products and merchandise that are sort of signed by celebrities. So I we, we do a lot of the ways to kind of come in with a partner, customize a Red Nose Day experience allow them to sort of participate in what is a purpose-led campaign. And so the, the language around, you know, why is brand X participating? We're better when we kind of integrate. It's less effective, frankly, to a consumer to turn them into a donor to just sort of say, hey, we support Rendos Day and have it be very passive. So for us, it's a real interesting journey every year to figure out who the partners that we're bringing to bear this year. How can we make something feel real and authentic to what they do? And then therefore kind of yield the most results in return, you know? So that plan, um, we're in the thick of it right now with Walgreens and, you know, they are the tip of the spear, as you probably know, for the vaccine, one of them for the vaccine distribution here in the U.S. And they're incredibly focused on delivering really safe and safe areas and, and for to help people optimize their health vis-a-vis -vis the vaccine and other things. And so nice. we're working with them about figuring out how, what that looks for Red Nose Day and how Red Nose Day can kind of be a, a partner in sort of um, getting that message out and bringing in the communities that are very community focused. NBC, same idea of figuring out how to pull those ideas of safe and healthy, which is a theme that all of us are going to be embracing, continued this year for the campaign. And then for the remainder of the year, we're looking at when we come out of Red Nose Day at the end of May, at the Red Nose Day campaign at the end of the May, we'll take a small nap and then we'll get back in it because there's more work to be done. And that is the third quarter and fourth quarter of this year, thinking about those places where ideas align, right? The kind of issues that we feel are really important. You know, this year we launched a new pillar to our grant making for Red Nose Day. We, right now, for historically, we, you know, ensure that children are safe, healthy, and educated. And that's through a variety of over 25 nonprofits that are grantee partners that we support along those programmatic lines. That's how the Red Nose Day piece work. We're an intermediary in that regard, um, a very tightly partnered uh, intermediary, I should say that. So this year we launched Empowerment as one of our new pillars. And we really felt nice. like that was um, a recognition and, and, and a way to sort of understand where the addressing the root causes of poverty um, and some of the, the pieces that children are sort of faced with, which is like youth leadership and economic development goes along with the more kind of prescriptive solutions as well, uh, whether it's housing, it's health, it's, you know, food. Um, and that is a nice compliment to our work. So as we look at the back half of the year, you know, we'll elevate a lot of our thought leadership, our activations around some of the key areas that we think are important and, and do something similar to Full Plate Project or otherwise, to just keep our message strong and, and tap into the times of giving, the natural times of giving that are happening throughout the year. And I have to say, even though there were so many folks really affected clearly and devastatingly so through COVID, you know, from an economic perspective, I've been overwhelmed by the amount of generosity and giving that has happened, both from a corporate and an individual partnership level. It's been, um, it's been really great to see people responding to the need. 
I'm so encouraged to hear that. I've heard that from many of my uh, guests, actually, that are nonprofit leaders as well, that they have not seen a dip per se in their giving. They've actually seen an increase. And it sounds like you've seen the same. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is, uh, I think the American public's eyes have been open to just how widespread and particularly, you know, around the element of poverty. I think it's, and in the U.S., I, I think that's really the case where working people living in poverty is a real thing here in the U.S. Definitely. And for people to wrap their heads around that and what that means has been an eye-opening experience. And I get think getting closer to the issues and using our power of storytelling, frankly, to kind of make those issues understandable and accessible. You know, we push that out in social, we push that out in digital. We are, you know, clearly all of our work with NBC is storytelling led, even with Walgreens as well. I think the cognizance is, has risen and that, that yields, I think, some material benefit in terms of people giving. Excellent. Well done. Well, remind the listeners, I know that Comic Relief started in the UK, if I remember right. And tell me maybe a little bit of the history real quick and how it split out to the US and then how I'm assuming it's just two primary branches or maybe there's more international outlets of Comic Relief as well. Yeah. So Comic Relief is, you know, the US is where the sister organization to UK, which is started by Richard Curtis, our co-founder by Richard Curtis, you know, who's a film director, a film writer and a director or multiple films, uh, You've heard of them, Four Rings in a Funeral, Bridget Jones' Diary, Love Actually. I mean, he is just like a, a creator's creator, frankly. And, you know, he started this with this sort of insight that what he had seen in the late 80s and understanding what was happening in Africa at that time, and then came back and basically launched the organization to where they've now raised over a billion pounds since its inception in, in 1988. So, you know, his continuation with our organization remains. He's on the board, he's the vice president of the board, and he's also very tied in with the UN Sustainable Development Goals, specifically UN, but the SDG specifically as an advocate there. So with that kind of as the profile of, of where we come from, they launched Comic Relief and Red Nose Day in the US five years ago, six years ago. So six years ago. came yeah. in, a, a, you know, a band of British folks coming in, figuring out who are the folks that understand what Red Nose Day is, frankly, because it had such brand association and sort of an understanding of what the work was in the Mm -hmm. UK. And um, through the leadership at Mars, NBC, and Walgreens, it became a very similar construct to what's in the UK for the raising of Red Nose Day. But we started to do it every year as opposed to every other year and really started to just brand what Red Nose was and what it meant to kind of support children and and all that. I think. U.S. listeners will recognize Comic Relief as maybe the association with HBO and an HBO show that happened in the late 80s as well, right? Mm -hmm. Which was Robin Williams and Whoopi Goldberg. And that is, there was relationship there, but not the same thing. So um, we we now are wholly owned Comic Relief here in the U.S. And we would love to, to investigate what opportunities are there as well for Comic Relief as an event activation or that kind of thing. So I think, you know, our... Ability, which is what happens in the UK too. So our ability to grow not only Red Nose Day, but grow the other kinds of activations and ways to sort of align with purpose. That's what mm-hmm. we're thinking. And it'll be very much in line with kind of the, the sort of, I would say, remit in the UK. Excellent. No, it's good to know that. And I mean, this is a bit of trivia. I could be off on this. Was the original inspiration Robin Williams, Patch Adams character with the red nose? Was that got the uh, <laughs> Was that the original? That's, that's <laughs> you know, people ask me that. I'm like, I don't think so, but maybe I'll ask. <laughs> I don't think so either, but I okay. I don't know the answer to that. I guess I probably should. This is like, you know, after <laughs> Where did the red nose a year come and from, change, right? I should yeah. have. Yeah, Trivia. yeah, that, yeah. That, 
I do know that there was a, um, I've heard Richard tell many stories about it. So there were many in kind of hilarious uses of the red nose early on. Um, but <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to get that. I've heard lots of references as to what started it or what the original inspiration was, but I'll have to come back to you on that. Cool. Yeah, the just real more out of curiosity. Yeah, a little yeah. trivia here. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. So as you look into the crystal ball, when it comes to fundraising for nonprofits over, over the next, say, one to three years, and now broadly speaking, obviously you've shared a little bit of your experience with Comic Relief. What should nonprofit leaders do? And, and I'm thinking of my listeners now. From your perspective, when it comes to fundraising, to prepare for the future and really adjust to the new realities that we face. I mean, should we change the way we do fundraising? Should we change more structural aspects of our nonprofits? Or what's your advice to my listeners for those who are nonprofit leaders? My first and foremost concern coming into 2021 is managing cash flow <laughs> and Absolutely. figuring yeah. out, you know, how we smartly manage the operations of the organizations to continue to kind of be able to produce and, and, and develop the benefit that we do, you know? And so keeping the organization fit, alive, healthy, activated, it, it come, that's a, that is a cash flow thing. So that's first and foremost. And the reason I bring that up is because I think in a year, in a desire for everyone to be innovative, in a year that you have to pivot, you have to be really smart about like having line of sight to where your your deepest layer areas of fundraising are currently, and making sure that you're sort of like protecting those oak trees, if you will, you know, of income generation. So this would not be the year that I would not focus on red red nose day is my first and foremost priority because yeah. that is the lion's share of where I can really raise and make sure that's an incredible, incredible and sort of fruitful experience. I, my diversification, uh, you know, and I have a whole roadmap that we've built around like thinking of new ideas to generate new levels of income, whether it's a new temple event or another lines of income um, ideas, you know, those, I need to keep the momentum on all of those. So it's sort of like focus on the big, uh, I, and I think this is obvious and most of your listeners in, in the sort of leadership roles are probably doing this already, which is just focus on the most, the high impact areas and ensure that you don't diffuse to the point where that starts to waver. And, but you can't keep your eye off the innovation side too and un uncovering other opportunities to diversify. And I think that's what really kept us strong, frankly, during 2020, you know, we, we came in with less income than we had the year prior, but that was to be expected, but not at a margin that I thought was crazy. I was pleased with that, you know? Yeah. So focus on the oak trees, you have to continue on your innovation roadmap because that's just what you have to do. And I think, I think when you're speaking to donors, one thing that's been really clear this year is that everybody's speaking to the same person all the time. <laughs> so, uh -huh. you know, if, if anything, there's been a deluge of outreach to consumers that Brown barded, you know, not only from brands, from like, you know, nonprofits, from individuals, from their friends, their followers, their, you know, friend. I mean, it's just a cacophony of calls to action, frankly. And I think looking at the messaging, the story you're telling, the, the, how clear and authentic it is and not mixed up in like, um, I don't know, industry jargon, like getting, getting to somebody's heart as to what the issue that you're trying to cover and making the clean communication strategy, I think is important more than ever this year, because it's just, and in some ways it's good because more is more, but in some ways, if you're looking at your own business and back to the cash flow and the business model and all that stuff, clarity is key. So it sounds like with, yeah, the cacophony, as you say, of all the voices out there asking for money, the more clear you are as an organization, the better. Yeah, of your goals and objectives and your story, you know, and, and, and also what's happening, 
where's the money go? Because I think that's the other part of it is that consumers, you know, consumer donors, that's what, because of where we raise, that's always the language that we use. You know, donors are, they're asking more questions now. And I don't mean that in the, you know, because there's something nefarious going on. I just mean that there's, right. they're smarter. You know, the donors mm-hmm. are smarter now. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'd like to know what's happening. Tell me more yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. What am I, what is my 10, 12, you know, $100,000 donation? What does it do? Because I want to feel like I'm having an impact. And I think that level of explanation is is on the go forward going to be more and more key. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, you already kind of mentioned this a bit, you know, coming from the for-profit world into the nonprofit world. This is a podcast dedicated to leadership. Are there any other leadership principles that you feel like have been really important that you carried over? Or perhaps they're just equally important in either sector, whatever sector you're in. But yeah, maybe talk about the leadership principles that you feel like are, have really served you well in your current role. Yeah, I think, you know, we're a small organization to the point earlier, we're nimble, we are bootstrapped in some ways, you know, it's a very much of a startup mentality. So uh, having to have that experience at startups and smaller and leading digital organizations, I think the impetus to collaborate, you know, I have this whole concept of drive and ride, which is like, the, it, it takes a village to do anything because in particularly, you know, not one person has the has the only line of sight, there's a lot of times a lot of collaboration and you can do that really inefficiently and ineffectively if you don't kind of have a, a model for that operating model with your team. And I, I, that's a big thing for me. I think authentic and open and transparent conversations and leadership is key. I think now, even when they're all in these little boxes and we're not in the same space is, you know, that was always my style, but I think it's actually more important now than ever. And then driving innovation, you know, I, I, as a leader of the organization, I should have a vision and that is able to be articulated to everyone in the organization about where we're going. I don't have all the answers, but the North star is important. And that's, that certainly comes from my for-profit background. And so that's, I think in the kind of framing of leading the team. And then personally, you know, I've been thinking a lot about three P's, (laughs) which are perseverance, perspective, and patience. I feel like um, for myself, for my team particularly, is uh, one thing I left off on the team dynamic is also giving them the grace and the space to kind of yeah. handle the deluge of what's going on right now and still get their work done and kind of you know provide an environment that supports both, right? It goes to the same thing to yourself as a leader. I mean, I, I, I have to remember to kind of give myself the same space to sort of be a human being during this time too because it's important and I'll, I'll do better work for the team and for our work altogether. If I, if I do, and that sometimes it's just perspective, right. That you have to maintain and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and patience with yourself and um, perseverance. I mean, you know, this is, this year is tough. It's going to continue to be tough. You know, January is not so great. (laughs) Exactly. Dark and like, God, Uh cold. Um, So, (laughs) you know, resilience, resilience and perseverance. I like those. I like the three P's. That's that's fabulous. Three that's P's, great. yeah. I know. That's good. Well <laughs> done. This was an R, so I kicked that out. <laughs> You're like, nope, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be easy to remember and portable. <laughs> right. Well, thank you totally. so much. Well, for my listeners, tell us how can they find out a little bit more about you and more about um, of course, the Comic Relief USA. Yes, please. So um comicrelief.org is our website, and that has everything not only on comic relief, but also on you know, our, our general organization, but also Red Nose Day as well. And then we are all over the socials, if you will. Yeah. So a comic relief handle and Red Nose Day handle on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Facebook, you name it, we're there. Um, nice. So come engage with us. But then also if you want, you know, a lot about our work, particularly our grant making work, 
some of the stuff that we're doing around the empowerment pillar. And as I mentioned, a lot of actually a lot of interesting things we're doing with sort of youth oriented programs and our we just launched a youth advisory council. Come find out about that. Um, oh, some really innovative work going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, Allison, thank you so much again for being on the show. Thanks for thank all you're you. doing and really appreciate your insights and sharing those with my listeners. Well, I appreciate the time I, and a uh, great conversation. Thanks for having me. Hey friends, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify. If you're wondering how to find it, just type in the words Nonprofit Leadership Podcast and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast and your feedback will help expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as possible. You can also find other resources and interviews of past guests on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Again, that website is nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better. What's unique about Apples is that they are dedicated not only to providing you with the best tools, but also to offering free training from their in-house experts and CPAs. Right now, you can get access to a solid webinar on five essential financial reports for nonprofit leaders. To get access, go to nonprofit.applos.com.